Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Inspire Before We Expire show. I am your host and founder, Terrell Sumter. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very grateful and thankful to be present yet another day. That's never a promise. Guys, I just want you all to take some time before we start today's interview. I just want you to take some time to close your eyes, 10 to 15 seconds, and really visualize. Where do you see yourself, not only in the next three to six months, but where do you see yourself in the next year or so? And guys, the reason why I ask, because every day is a new start. Yesterday may have its obstacles, but today has its opportunities. So today is the time to get started. No matter where you're at, no matter the challenges, no matter the obstacles, I just want you all to really, really take and consider that you are not on this journey alone. As I bring to you my guest today, I mean a gentleman who knows what it feels like to be at the bottom, but to rise above any circumstance, any type of obstacle that was, a, that any anything that was set against him, he allowed to weigh out the odds and continue to rise above what was set against him in business, in life, in career as a family man, and learn to build himself as he built his businesses and build the people around him which is extraordinary. Guys, I really want to introduce you to my guy today, Mr. Brad Blazer, who is the proud founder of Learn to Soar LLC, which is a, pre a premier provider of speaking, training, and coaching services committed to unleashing the most powerful potential of individuals. His coaching programs called Build a Beast, and mega producer coach coaching people on developing the mindset to close mega million dollar deals. Guys, one important thing to note, Brad has done repeatedly over his career, his track record and inspire extraordinary results that has made him assault a sword at the thought at the thought leader, speaker, and coach in the field of human potential. Brad has developed his expertise in accelerating the moment and movement of individuals towards performing at their best. His creative blend of the best available knowledge, leading edge positions, and a futuristic foresight has provided has proven extremely valuable. Nicknamed the guy interviewing champions, as idolist, dreamer, and visionary met or heard from some of the most influential leaders in sports, business, and politics, such as the one and only Joe Namath, Magic Johnson, George W. Bush, <laughs> Kevin O'Leary, and others. He has shared their secrets in his books on the wings of eagles, learn to soar in life, which is his latest book, guys. Brad is energetic, inspiring, and creative, and believes in people's highest potential. He's a powerful catalyst for the changes that propel individuals and businesses to their greatness. His trademark philosophy on changing beliefs, known as the art of beliefology, has been highlighted in media and around the world, and his book was rated number one top read for young entrepreneurs around the world today. Guys, I want to introduce you to my dear friend, the one and only, Mr. Brad Blazer. Welcome to the Inspire Before We Expire, man. Thank you. Hey, Terrell, man. I am so excited to be with you today. Uh, happy hump day if you're keeping track. It's uh, the middle of the week. Hopefully, the second half's going to be better than the first half. That's what I always tell my people. I love that. I love that. Hey, Brad, I know it's your first time on the show, and I know we just, man, we, we just connected recently. Um, at the Obsessed Conference event, man. And we just, the energy was so strong in the beginning when we met, man, and we just kept it along and decided to really make ends meet and do this interview today. So I thank you so much for your time today, man, honestly, for devoting time out your busy schedule to really be here and be present. No, it's my pleasure. I believe, Terrell, that uh, doing business and meeting people is really just an exchange of energy, man. When you get excited and there's energy flowing between two people, great things always can happen. Absolutely. Brad, if you can tell the people just a little bit about your backstory and where it all started for you, man, that'd be awesome. Oh, you bet, man. 
you know, um, <laughs> I, I came up, I guess, in what you would call a, a middle-class family. I had a, a brother and two sisters. And, uh, you know, I guess like most kids, your parents kind of mold you and you try to uh, become what is expected of you. You know, go to college, get a good job, get a good career. And so uh, I, I went off to architectural school wanting to be an architect. Uh, I knew that I was good with my hands. I was really creative. And while I was in school, I got sidetracked. Um, I actually ended up responding to an ad in a local paper and uh, went to work for a small oil and gas company, calling on high net worth accredited investors, raising money for their different drilling programs. And uh, one thing led to another. Uh, I went to work for a second company about a year later and was doing great, you know, in my early 20s, driving a nice little sports car around. And um, something happened. And I actually write about this in one of the chapters in the book. And uh, it was really a blow because I had believed so much in the founder of this company. I had actually convinced my own father to invest some money with these guys. But what I had discovered is these guys were frauds and they were committing fraud. They were lying to people. Uh, they were doing things like erasing dry holes off of production maps to make the field look more productive than it was. They were inflating their production values to make the field look more prolific. And so I resigned and, uh, you know, blew the whistle, got my investors together, and we organized a class action lawsuit, which we ultimately prevailed and won. And um, I was at a low point. I, I got to admit, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do for uh, a living. And uh, the good thing that came out of that is the investors that I had worked with and that I had cultivated looked at me and said, Brad, well, you know, what are you going to do now? And I said, I really don't know. And they said, well, why don't you do what they did, but do it honestly and do it with integrity. And that was really a turning point for me. It was kind of the aha moment in my life when I realized at the age of 23, I had an opportunity. And that was a group of investors that believed in me, that wanted to back me. And that's what allowed me basically to start my oil company at the age of 23 without a formal college degree and grow that business over almost a decade to a company that employed a team of people that had drilling programs in Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, and had groups of investors all across the United States from coast to coast raising millions of millions of dollars. And so, you know, that's what really, I think for me, was a major turning point is that it allowed me to learn about leadership, it allowed me to learn about building a business. It allowed me to learn about entrepreneurship. And I had that company for almost a decade. And then in the late 1980s, of course, tax laws changed. OPEC drove down oil prices. And I had one of the most challenging and difficult decisions I ever had to make. And I realized at that time that there were things affecting my business and my company that were beyond my control. You know, it's one thing if you can control the outcome, but if you don't have control of things that are affecting your business, sometimes the best decision you can make in life is to slowly dissolve that business and then go on to bigger and better things. And so I came home and I told my former wife, uh, my first wife, uh, I've decided to close the doors and dissolve the company. And uh, I did that over the course of about a year. I let the employees go, gave them all severance. So they had some money in their pocket when they left, go on to find a new job. And uh, for about a year, man, I was at a low. I mean, I didn't know what to do. You know, here I was in my late 20s making a great six-figure income, didn't have a college degree. And that's when I decided to go back to school, finish up my college training, and then enter the field that I've been in now for over 20 years, which has basically been raising money for other people. And it's allowed me through my efforts and the efforts of teams I built as a national sales director to go on now and raise a little over $2 billion. Mm -hmm. And over the course of that career, one of the things I've noticed 
is I've been able to close some big multi-million dollar transactions. 11 million, 9 million, 7.5 million, 5 million, 2.5 million. I wasn't just a one-hit wonder, but I still hold the record for many of these companies I've worked for in closing the biggest sales in the history of those businesses, which is why I've created the Build a Beast and the Mega Producer programs to teach other people in sales how to have those skills. Right. Absolutely. We'll get into that a little later as well. Yeah. Hey, man. Um, I think it's interesting that you was able to be really like vulnerable and transparent and tell your story, man, the way you just did it when it first started for you early, early in your young career in business. Like what are three things you learned most importantly from that lesson, man, of um, really getting involved with that company and knowing that, you know, uh, you did all you could along with your father to help build that business, but to come to know that, them people was fraud. Like, what was three important things that you mostly learned that you can really share with younger people right now, um, so they won't make the same mistakes or so? Yeah, I'd say probably the biggest thing, Terrell. And I actually got this from my grandfather, who I love dearly. He was very successful, and he said, "You know, as you go through life, there will be many opportunities. There will be opportunities perhaps you're drawn to and that you're attracted to. And in many of those opportunities, you may be asked to jeopardize your ethics and your integrity. He said, realize though, in life, there's one thing that stays with you forever. And it's actually put in the grave alongside you. And that is your good name and your reputation. He said, you've got to protect your name like there ain't no tomorrow. You've got to be a person of integrity, a person of honesty, and maintain a high degree of ethics, even though it may be tough and challenging at times. And these guys that turned out to be frauds that I went after literally put me in fear for almost a year. Um, you know, they, they were calling me at odd hours of the night. They were threatening me. Uh, they actually sent two thugs after me that beat me up pretty bad trying to keep me quiet so I wouldn't testify. And I was fortunate that my next door neighbor was actually home. And when she saw what was going on out of her kitchen window, she opened her door and her big German shepherd came chasing out, scared those two guys away. There's no telling how much worse I would have been beaten if she wasn't home that day. But, you know, I had to do what was right. I had to stand up for the investors and right the wrong. Why? Because I'm a person of integrity. And I remembered that I am an honest person and I have strong ethics. And as hard as it was to continue down that path, that's what led me to greatness. That's what in the investor's mind allowed them to realize that here's a guy that's honest, that's standing up for us. His name uh, his, his reputation, and they backed me and, of course, allowed me to catapult myself into a business that was very successful and grew over the course of 10 years. So that would be number one, man. Protect your name because it's going to stay with you for your entire life. The second thing I think, Terrell, and this isn't just me, as you know, in, in my book, I talk about some of the interactions some of the meetings I've had with great leaders, whether it's Joe Namath or former President George Bush or Rudy Rudiger or Urban Magic Johnson or Kevin O'Leary, it's, man, don't ever give up on your dreams. So many people give up on their dreams. And the thing that I tell people, and I actually write about this, when I go and I do my speaking events, I say to the audience, how many of you believe in the importance of having goals? And literally every hand in the room goes up. I mean, everybody believes we need to have goals. And I say, great. Now let me ask you, how many of you have actually taken the time to write your goals down and actually have them in writing somewhere that you can look at every day, every week? And studies have been done and actually less than 3%, less than 3% of the American population have clearly defined written goals. And only 1% go back and review those goals and revise those goals on a regular basis. Question I have for all your followers, Terrell, is do you want to be part of the 97% that don't have any goals and don't achieve much? Or do you want to be an eagle and really fly and be that 3%? 
So the number one thing is, of course, protect your name, be a person of integrity. Number two is don't ever give up on your goals and dreams. I believe that goals without action are nothing but dreams. I have a phrase, there are a lot of entrepreneurs and there are a lot of entrepreneurs. And so, man, if you've got a goal and if you've got a vision for where you want your life to go, you've got to pursue it with a passion. And then lastly, I believe that in coaching and training, so many of the coaches out there coach on business or sales. I actually learned this from my coach, great guy, Coach Michael Burt, who studied under Stephen Covey, wrote the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. There are four things that I believe everybody should try to perfect in life to have balance. Number one is I focus on the spiritual relationship that my students have with God, or at least with somebody. I know there's a lot of atheists and a lot of agnostics, and if those are your beliefs, that's great, but I believe you should have some type of a spiritual belief. Second, physical. Focus on your body, your health, your fitness. I go to the fitness center every day, man. I run three to five miles. I'm pushing weights around the room. I want to be in the best physical shape I can be in. The third, of course, is the mental. Strongest muscle right up here, man, between your two ears, man. That, that muscle right here between your two ears can accomplish so much. And then the last is what I call the emotional, and that is the relationship that you and I have. It's the relationship you develop with other people. So in coaching, as I coach people over the seven demonstrated capacities that people get in our Build-A-Beast or Mega Producer coaching programs, I tell them, we're going to teach you seven demonstrated capacities that are going to enhance you physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Because if you can work on those things, man, you'll have balance. It's kind of like the movie Jerry Maguire, man, when old Rod said, man, I want Quan, man, I want the Quan in my life, right? That's what I try to focus on, man. I try to bring balance and I try to bring success. I wanted to uh, really, um, really go back. As you said, that um, after that situation happened, you decided to move forward and, you know, you was able to build your own company at the age of 23, correct? Correct, uh huh? Right. So you was going and then something else occurred where you led you back to school and things of that nature. So from there, what happened? What was the next steps that allowed you to be? that pushed you to be who you are today, to transform you to be the leader tremendously that you are today? You know, I think a lot of it, Terrell, is people are on what I call that treadmill of life, right? You know, you go to work, you get a paycheck, you're paying your bills, and at the end of the month, hopefully you have some money to put in the bank and to scrimp and save, whether it's for your kid's future college education, whether it's for retirement. I just got to a point where I realized I'd been very successful. And I think you get to a point in your career like I have where you have tremendous success and you start to realize that the greatest gift I have today is teaching other people, mentoring other people to follow in my footsteps, to do things that they want to do. So many people are raising their hands. There are millions of people around the world raising their hands for asking for help. The problem is they don't know where to go. And so what I try to provide is a beacon of light, a beacon of hope for all these people that said, man, I've been knocked down. Man, I lost my oil company. Man, I lost my first wife who I love dearly. But I've gone on. I, I pursued my dreams. I kept going. I put together sales teams. I've been the national sales director. I've written a book. And today, man, I'm building a coaching and a training and a speaking business. And we're going to grow that business to seven figures. And if we're lucky to eight figures, man, uh, we're, going to, we're just going to keep growing. And I think it's the passion, it's the dedication, and more importantly, it's getting around the right people, creating that mastermind group, right? Surrounding yourself. You will aspire to the level of people you associate yourself with. Man, if you want to be a millionaire, you shouldn't be hanging around with people making forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars. You should be hanging around with people that make seven figures because that synergy and that excitement will propel you to greatness and they will give you ideas that allow you to grow. And so, you know, I believe very strongly that you are a product of your environment. My slogan, of course, in the art of beliefology is if you change your beliefs, you can change your future.
Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, and I wanted to really, really point out too as well, when it talks about surrounding yourself around the right people, I just think that you are the sum of the five people you surround yourself with. Honestly, those who are maybe at a, at a greater level than you, but you guys are on a similar mission, someone you can learn from. Because so many people got this pride, uh, Brad, where they feel like they don't want to reach out for help. They don't want to reach out for guidance and mentorship. I once there was there too as well, you know, being young. But I've learned through the process of really doing it because it'll take you further of where you desire to go. Like you said, it wasn't overnight for you to build a seven-figure business or be this big sales uh, leader, um, owner, and, and director that you, 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 you work to be, right? You know, you've been down so many times. So I think that many people have to understand and realize and trust the process. They have to go through that process but not get stuck in it. So I thank you for pointing that out, man. And I wanted to get on to it, man. I know you've been waiting for it. Let's get on to the book, man. On the Wings of Eagle. Eagles, Learning to Soar in Life. I just love the title. And I just want to say congratulations as well, man. I know it hit number one. So um, tell us about it, man. Uh, where exactly, when did it first start for you to say, man, this is the book I want to do, this direction I want to get into? And um, how did it feel when you finally, finally just got it all done? Well, I'll tell you, man, that book had been in the making for over a decade. I actually started the book back in the late 1990s, you know, uh, back when they had floppy disk drives on computers. Uh, you know, now though, I don't even think they make computers with floppy disk drives. But I, I started a book well over 20 years ago, thinking to myself, there aren't many 23-year-old kids starting multi-million dollar oil companies. And so really the message in the book when I started was actually very different than the final product in the book you see before you today. But you know, what happened? Life started changing, man. I, I had a beautiful daughter, right? And so I was consumed with being a father. I got very active in my physical health, became a triathlete where I was working out twice a day, man, wake up in the morning, get on the bike, go out and ride 20, 40 miles. And then late in the day, I was doing eight to 10 mile runs, training for these triathlons I was doing. And so the book kind of was always on my mind, but it was really on the back burner. And then about seven years ago, at some ministry conferences I started going to, I, I started hearing from some of these great speakers, man, George W. Bush, man. And if you've ever seen the movie, Rudy, about the young Irish boy that has a dream of playing for Notre Dame, I met the real life Rudy Rudiger, man. What a great guy. Met Kevin O'Leary multiple times, Joe Namath. I went to Atlanta and I met Fran Tarkenton and met with his team and his son, Matt. Uh, you know, I went to school with Olympic gold medalist and Olympic diver Greg Luganis. And so I started really studying human performance, man. I started really getting into neuro-linguistic programming and hypnosis. And every time I met one of these great visionaries, whether they were in sports or they were in politics or they were in business like O'Leary, what I came away from those meetings with was that none of these people ever gave up on their goals and dreams. They talked about persistency. And one day, man, Terrell, I was just sitting in my office and I was looking at this big stack of notes over in the corner from all of these meetings. You know, I was in a big exhibit hall, probably with a thousand people listening to George W. Bush or I was in a room with three, 400 people listening to Joe Namath, and most people just sitting back, listening, nodding. Man, I was taking notes, man. I wanted, to, I wanted to soak up everything that these great people had to say. And I just said to myself, I bet you there are 20 to 30 million people around the world that would love to meet all of those people that I've already met for them. And so I said, man, I bet you if I took all of those notes and put them together in a great book, and shared the messages with other people that that would be something of interest. And so about a year and a half ago, of course, I set off on the vision to create the book, which was on the wings of eagles, the eagles, of course, being all of those great leaders. And so that's how we came up with the name on the wings of eagles, learn to soar in life. 
And then obviously the cover and the vision of that book was something that I worked on with a great illustrator, Marco Makovic, who I met. Marco's a great guy, and he's introduced me actually to uh, the company that actually manages the world's number one tennis player today, Novak Djokovic, which we hope to interview on our Learn to Soar network. But really, the message in the book and what we've trademarked, the art of beliefology, is the fact that you have to realize as an adult that you're being held back from true success in life, man. The Navy SEALs have a thing that they call the 40% rule. And I know about this because I was a triathlete, man. I've run marathons. When you're exhausted and you physically want to stop, you've only delivered about 40% of what you're truly capable of delivering. And so the SEALs and what I try to coach people on is, man, you're, you're capable of so much more. Dig down deep, man, and give that extra 50, 60% so that when you stop, you've given as close to 100% as you're capable of giving rather than just giving that 40% and saying, man, I'm tired. I'm ready to give up. David Goggins has a great quote. His quote is, I don't stop when I'm tired. I stop when I'm done. You know, and this morning I was on that treadmill, man, and I went in there and I programmed that treadmill for a five-mile run. Yeah, I was tired at three and a half miles and I wanted to quit, but I kept going and everybody next to me on the damn treadmills at the fitness center, they're hopping off after two and a half or after three and I'm still on there, man. Why? Because yeah. my goal was five miles and I wasn't going to stop until I was done. And that's the mindset you have to create if you want to build a beast. And that's the mindset you have to create if you want to be an eagle and really be soaring in life. Oh, man, I love that. I just love everything you just really said. And I love the energy, man. Honestly, what you said, you said this book, the idea started 20 years ago in the 1990s, right? Yeah. And I think it's fascinating because some people – they want it fast. And I understand that sometimes that 10, 15 years can equal to that one life of what you, that one year, what you really worked for. So just last year is when a book first was finally published, correct? And everything of that nature. So I just want to say congratulations again on that. And, and even, you know, you sitting from years ago and knowing that, man, I'm going to make this happen. And what so many people got to do is go through that um, that process and go through it each and every step and knowing that sometimes when we feel like doing it, we like, okay, we're going to get to it. But sometimes we don't feel like doing it. That's where discipline comes in place. And it's like, you have to get it done because all you're doing is procrastinating, right? Like you said, people want to be these authors or people want to be an entrepreneur. People want to build this seven figure, eight figure business or whatever it may be, but you have to get in the rooms with playmakers with game changers with those who once was at the bottom as well and now at the top of their game such as my guy brad blazer here so brad i think it's fascinating that you was in a room with these guys like the great joe namath hall of fame quarterback earl magic johnson george w bush a lot of these phenomenal people my next question to you man is what was the biggest takeaway you learned from each of these individuals? And feel free to take your time. We're on your time. So what's the biggest takeaway you learned from each of these individuals? Boy, I tell you, we would need to have a couple more podcasts on the calendar, Terrell. You know, um, in the book, I, I talk about my meeting with Joe Namath. Um, you know, Joe Namath, what a great guy. Um, I actually was asked in a podcast I did about Joe. You know, I've been to so many events where at the end of the event, they have typically a photo shop opportunity where they make a long line of all the people and you go by, you shake his hand, he puts his arm around you, click, and you move on to the next guy. What was so cool about meeting Joe Namath is that he literally spent three to five minutes with everybody, not just taking the picture, but talking to you, really wanting to know you. Man, tell me about yourself, Terrell. Tell me about yourself, Brad. Shook your hand, and you felt a connection with this guy that, as we know, is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live, right? But what was really cool about Joe Namath is he shared a story where Coach Bryant used to take 
the the players around the field before the game. And they were walking. It was Joe, Coach Bryant, some of the other leaders on defense, offense. And Coach Bryant looked over to Joe and said, Joe, you got a plan for the game? Joe said, I think I do. And Bear Bryant, man, barked at him. I mean, I'm talking, he yelled, you think you do? Buddy, there ain't no think in winning or losing. You either know you do or you don't. And from that day forward, man, Joe Namath said, I went into every game with the plan, right? <laughs> I mean, I knew what the plan was from offense, how we were going to attack their defense, how we were going to go downfield, et cetera, because he learned that day from Coach Bryant that you don't go into a football game, especially something as important as the Super Bowl, without a plan. And so I believe very strongly, man, that you've got to plan your work, and then, of course, you've got to work your plan. So that is one thing I took away from Joe Namath, man, is all about goals and the importance of goal setting and planning for success. Kevin O'Leary, man, you know, you talk about Shark Tank, and we all know Kevin O'Leary to be the guy that's pretty harsh on people. Right. What I learned from Kevin O'Leary, man, is um, you've got to be realistic. You know, so many people have big, hairy, audacious goals, which are great. But you've got to break those goals down into steps, and you've got to create habits. One thing I write about in the book as you change your future is you start creating habits in life. And over time, those habits create muscle memory, and then that muscle memory creates a new lifestyle, okay? And it takes time. And I write about this in the book where I had a guy that I had coached early on he came back to me many years later and said, man, lost a ton of money in the stock market. And I said, what happened? He said, well, uh, I took what you taught me, but my life changed. And what I realized is like the strings of a new piano, habits and beliefs have to be reinforced over time so that those habits finally become a lifestyle and lead you down that path rather than becoming something you do temporarily. So many people start dieting. They want to lose weight. And then, man, three to five years later, they're as heavy, if not heavier, than they were when they started the diet. And the reason for that is that they haven't changed up here. They went on a temporary diet, whatever they did, Weight Watchers, Nutrisystem, and then all of a sudden you look at them three to five years later, you're like, man, what the hell happened to you? right? It's all about lifestyle and creating those habits that bring about that positive change that change your future so you can keep the weight off so that you can be healthy and you can, uh, you know, of course, uh, have a lot more energy. The other thing I learned from Rudy Rudiger, man, don't ever damn give up on your dream, man. God, you talk about a great movie. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. This little Irish kid that wanted to play for Notre Dame, man, too short, too stocky, coach didn't want to put him in, man, and he just did about everything he could damn do, whether it was delivering water, hanging around the locker room. And, and finally, as we all know, man, last game of the season, the coach finally puts him in, and he's carried out on the shoulders of his teammates, man. Finally was able to get in there and do what he had dreamed of, never giving up on his dream. And then, of course, you know, Magic, man, um, great guy. You know, Irving Magic Johnson, one of the great people, of course, in the NBA. Uh, there, it was really, again, don't ever give up on your goals and dreams. I mean, he came basically from a lower middle income family, you know, and he, he looked at basketball as a way out of lower middle class, you know, living in the ghetto. And uh, as they say, the rest is history. He's now a phenomenal businessman. Um, President George W. Bush, very humble. It was probably one of the coolest meetings I've ever had. And so many people, you know, over the course of our country's history have been president of the United States. Mm. What, what he realized and what was really a very monumental moment for him is he said, when I received the telephone call, that a plane had crashed into the World Trade Center. Mm. I kind of said, wow, you know, but when I heard that there was a second plane 
I realized the United States is now at war with ISIS and with Al Qaeda. And in literally a minute, my life changed because now I was the president of the United States at war. And more importantly, I had to comfort a nation. And so what I learned there is really what true leadership was all about. But at the end of the day, Terrell, each one of these interactions and each one of these people has really shaped me to become the person that I am today uh, and has given me the vision, has given me the passion to never give up and to use what I've learned from all of these great leaders and the coaching and training that I provide to other people. Uh, and that's, of course, how we got to the book on the Wings of Eagles. That's how we're creating the new book that is in the works. Uh, a blueprint for your better self that will be out here in a couple of months. Uh, but like I said, man, you know, we'd have to have at least two or three more podcasts <laughs> to really share the message from each one of these great people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a plus, man, even for you to come across these people as well. And knowing that, you know, each of you guys has something in common and the first interaction, the first impression is everything, right? So for you to really meet these people at a certain point in your life and even to go on and talk about, you know, you, you did more than two. So that, that's what counts, you know, and I know that we had to go from an interview and maybe when we see each other again or so at an event or so, we'll talk about it. But I thank you for even pointing that out um, from each of these leaders that you met and something that really stood out to you mostly, you know, from quarterbacks to politicians to world leaders to, you know, entrepreneurs, I just think it's a plus that, you know, for those who are really chasing something bigger, they just got to get out there, man. Um, not just put yourself out there anyway, just to get looked at, but to, to allow yourself to be felt. Because a wise woman once said, people may not remember who you are or what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. You bet. And I think that most people have to take time to really understand that, man, and, and to know that gentlemen like you, knew that it wasn't easy for you to come this far and not only just come this far, but going even further as being a father, as being a business owner, as being a, a mogul in many people's eyes and a hero and representing something much more for your city and your country. I just think that's a plus. And um, I want to congratulate you, man, on all your success and even the book um, as well on the wings of eagles learning to soar and um, where can the people find this book at again? It's available on Amazon. You can go to Amazon and uh, just do a search by my name as the author, Brad Blazar. It's spelled B-L-A-Z like zebra, A-R. It'll pop up right there. You can buy it. It's available uh, as a ebook if you have Kindle. Uh, of course, it's also paperback. Uh, we're working right now to come out with an audiobook version. I'm working with the narrator. And we should have the audio book out hopefully in another 30 to 40 days. And then on our website, which is just, you know, bradblazar.com, you can order the book there as well. You can learn about our coaching. You can download the goal planning guide for free. And if you don't have your goals written down, I strongly urge you to do that. But, you know, you touched upon something a second ago that I want to kind of go back on and, and share a story. Uh, because it really ties into what you said about making people feel special. You know, people may forget your name. People may forget you, but they will never forget the way you make them feel. When I had my oil company, uh, I was looking to hire some folks. And so I put an ad in the newspaper, and I got a call one day from a guy named Jeff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I said, come on in, man. We'll, we'll sit down and chat. And so uh, one day my receptionist buzzed me and said, hey, man, Jeff's here for his interview. I said, great. Send him into the conference room. Tell him I'll be right there. And so I turned the corner into the conference room. Now, remind you, Daryl, we were on the third floor. I had almost the entire third floor of a very prestigious bank building in downtown Austin, Texas. And in that building, we had law firms and accounting firms. And down on the first floor was Prudential-based securities. Most people walk around suits and ties or, you know, dress professionally. <laughs> Jeff was wearing a pair of jeans with holes in the knees, a flannel work shirt, uh, windswept hair man, and a big Fu Manchu mustache. And I uh, stood up, and I, I kind of just stopped, but I shook his hand. 
Now, I think most CEOs and business owners probably would have ended the interview right there or maybe would have been cordial but just said, no way in hell. Not me, man. I, I established some rapport. I asked him if he wanted a cup of coffee. And he said, yeah, and I looked at his resume and I realized why he had responded to the ad was he was a roughneck in the oil and gas business, working out on West Texas, Midland, Odessa, you know, out on the wells in the hot summer heat, man, manual labor, which explains why his hands were all calloused. And I finally looked at him after spending about 30 minutes and I said, Jeff, why do you want to come work for me? And he said, the reason I want to come work for you, Mr. Blazer, is you guys that put together the deals and raise the money, make all the money. I'm out in West Texas on an oil well as a roughneck and I make a good living, but it's hot, it's manual labor, but I really want to work for you because I want to be a better husband and a better father and a provider to my kids and give them everything in life they deserve. Now I stood back, man, because that, that just stabbed me in the heart. And I said to myself, if that individual's driving goal and his dream is to be a better husband and father for his kids, he will go to hell and back to do whatever it takes to see that become reality. And so I said, Jeff, if you can be back here next week on Monday, buddy, we'll get started. He said, oh, man, thank you so much. He raced out of that office. I knew he was going to call his wife. He was so excited. Well, he came back on Monday, mind you, dressed not much better than when he had showed up for his interview, maybe a different pair of jeans and a different pair of work boots, but he definitely wasn't dressed for success. And I said to myself, if this poor kid has any chance of doing well, I've got to change the way he envisions himself. Because if he's not right here, he will never be right on the telephone talking to people that have money about investing with us. And so I said, Jeff, come on, buddy. We're going to go do some shopping today. And took him down into the Porsche. We drove out to a couple department stores, and I bought him a couple of new suits. And basically, it was like a makeover that you see on TV, right? Like you go to Oprah or Ellen, they do these makeovers. Man, I, I made that guy over completely, head to toe, had his hair cut, took him to my barber. And we showed up back at the office about four weeks late, uh, four days later. And my, uh, my assistant didn't even recognize him as the first person that walked out that day because he was walking different, hearing himself differently. And you fast forward about six months, I was walking down the hall to my office. I had the corner office. And I just stopped there in the doorway to where Jeff was, his office. And I just sat there and looked, man, as he was pitching this prospective investor. And when he finally hung up the phone, I just smiled and I said, man, look at you, man, J.R. Ewing, man. He had on a beautiful Stetson hat, you know, and at the time, those Stetsons were about 200, 220 bucks, had on a nice dress suit. He was chewing on the end of his cigar, had a nice pair of jeans and fancy cowboy boots with a nice stainless and gold Rolex watch. And he said, Mr. Blazer, he said, I'll never forget what you told me the day you hired me. You said, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it will achieve. And I've always seen myself as the next J.R. Ewing. And so that's what allowed him to become a better father, husband, and provider. And I think that year he made well into the low six figures, certainly much more than he had ever made as a roughneck in the oil and gas industry. But I learned then that I have the ability to change people's lives for the better. And that's what's put me on that path of wanting to help and change other people. Because I know how to do it, and I knew how to do it for him. And through Build-A-Beast and Mega Producer, we're doing it for others as well. Absolutely. I love that you see something much more than he possibly seen it himself at the time. You bet. It's not always, you know, everybody, uh, Brad, um, you know, you and I, we like to wear our suits. We like to, you know, we, that's just us. But everybody just don't, they don't get into that, that type of, they don't want to wear that. They just feel like, you know, they themselves, when they wearing casual clothing and a shirt and jeans. And I like that you didn't, you know, look at him based on upon what he wear, but what was in here, inside, inside. 
um, because he's seen that, man, this guy sees something in me. I'm going to show him, you know, that I am the guy for the position. I am the guy to be a part of this business and bring a lot more to help the community thrive even more. And that's exactly what he did. And it wasn't overnight. But for him to say that it's not for me, man, it's for my family. I have kids that major why. And Mr. Blazer was there to help pave the way and allow God to do the rest. Right. You know, you seen that, man, this gentleman here, he wants it. You know, I know that he's been through, but I'm not going to judge him from his past because his past doesn't define him. What's important right now is the present. And that's why I have tremendous respect and love the utmost, you know, for gentlemen like you, because you say, you know, you're helping people and changing people's lives, but you're, you're helping people see much more what's already inside, you know, through your coaching, through your business, through your books. Through, through, you know, through life, through being as a family. So I know when people around you, they easily get connected because they have to understand and to know that when you meet that right person, that can be a change, right? Because it all starts with us. So I think that's phenomenal. And shout out to Jeff as well, um, honestly, for not giving up and chasing his dreams and working with a phenomenal, phenomenal individual like you, man. Because um, opportunity, right? You know, um, and I just think that's, that's, that's big. And I thank you for sharing that. Man, man I tell you, you know, people have to realize that you are capable of delivering so much more, kind of like that 40% rule. And what I found, and I learned this from a teacher of mine when I was in high school, that at the time, I didn't like. I don't think anybody liked this teacher. Why? Because she was strict, she was demanding, she expected a hell of a lot more out of us at the time than we thought we were capable of delivering. But after I graduated and I looked back at my time in school, I said to myself, you know, that's probably the best teacher I ever had. And the reason was she raised the expectations she had of the students. And guess what? The students rose to the level of expectations to please her and to do well in her class because you knew if you wanted to get an A or a B, you really had to perform at a higher level because her expectations were way up here where most other teachers were right about here. And so part of a coach's role or a trainer's role is to realize, man, Terrell, you've got so much more inside you, buddy. And it's to raise the bar so that you start to work to a higher level. And then we pull that out of you and slap it on your chest, man. So now you're carrying around that confidence everywhere you go. That's how we build beasts out of people. That's how we get people to be more confident because confidence comes with feeling good about yourself. If you don't feel good about yourself, man, there ain't no way you're going to be confident. I mean, in my coaching and speaking events, I have everybody in the room stand up, get out of your chairs, and I have them look up to the sky and hold their arms up like this. And I say, when I count to three, we're all going to yell out, at the top of our lungs, we are strong, we are powerful, we can accomplish everything. And so I go, one, two, three, man, and we, we raise the roof. <laughs> now I tell everybody, sit back down in your chair, man. Fold your arms, man. Put your head down like you're disengaged. Slump forward in your chair. And at the count of three, man, we're going to say it again. One, two, three. I'll tell you what, man, the level the second time may be a tenth of what it was when we were all like this. Posture is everything because your posture exudes confidence. Why do you think the Marines stand at attention with their heads held high and their shoulders back? Because it makes them feel confident, man. And so I tell people, man, you got to exude confidence. you got to believe that because that will allow you to be confident in your interactions when you meet others. And like, likes like, man, people of success want to do people that they perceive to be just like them. 
So you've got to shake firmly. You've got to project that confidence. You know, and I tell a story about a guy that I closed that was a prospective investor of ours. This guy was worth a few million dollars. He had a private Learjet. He was an investor in some Las Vegas casinos. But when you're investing in an oil well for the first time and you've never done it before, you realize there's the risk of losing money in drilling a dry hole. I mean, that's one of the risks of drilling for oil is that you're going to come up dry and you're going to lose every penny you put into the ground. And so I finally got to a point with this investor where I realized I've either got to close them or we're just going to be nothing but good friends. And one day I said to Dr. Schnack, I said, Dr. Schnack, it takes two things to invest in an oil well. He said, what? I said, it takes balls and lots of money. Which of the two don't you have? <laughs> and, then I, and then I bit my tongue. And I said, I can't believe I just said that to this guy. And after what seemed like eternity, he said, tell me again how much three units on your drilling program cost. And I said, go get your checkbook and I'll tell you how to fill out the check. And he became one of our better investors. Mm. You see, what I realized is a lot of people in sales trail look up to people. It's almost like you're down on your hands and knees saying, please buy from me. I know you can, but people of wealth don't want to be talked up to. They want to be talked to eyeball to eyeball. And when I finally challenged that guy by saying, man, it takes two things, it takes balls and money, which of the two don't you have? I wasn't talking up to him. I was talking to him as an equal. And that's something I learned in sales that we teach in Build a Beast is if you're going to be a mega producer closing multi-million dollar deals, you've got to get the right mindset that when you talk to people, you're talking as equals, eyeball to eyeball, because that's how you need to be. I wanted to uh, say that, um, well, first I wanted to, to really show some gratitude towards you, which I do each and every interview, is to say, man, thank you for being here, for being present, yeah. for bringing you, man, bringing all of you, honestly, nothing less. Um, honestly, I'm glad that we was able to connect last month in Dallas, you know, at the event and share the conversation. You had a fly jacket on, man, and that caught my eye. <laughs> You know, but it was something much more too, man, and just the energy. And then you just, we just kept talking after that. And now we're here, man. So I think it's magical um, just for you to share your story, you know, about, you know, your oil company, about where it started for you, the ups and downs that occurred, the people that you've learned from, people you come across, the people that you've taught and helped change their lives as well. I think it's powerful, Brad. And I'm not sure if you hear it all the time, man, but you are appreciated. You're greatly appreciated and will. Glad to have you and inspire before we expire today, man. So thank you. For I appreciate it so much, man. It's been a pleasure uh, to all your followers, all the people that get the benefit of listening to this. Just realize, like I said, man, the art of beliefology is all about changing your belief so that you can change your future. You got to focus on those four things, your spiritual relationship with something, your emotional relationships with other people in your mastermind group. You got to be focusing on your physical being. And then, of course, lastly, man, you got to be focusing on your mind. I mean, I've learned as a triathlete and as a guy that's done some amazing things in endurance. I mean, if you go to my website and you look at some of the podcasts that we've done with Darren Miller, the world's greatest endurance swimmer, mm. this is the only guy that's ever in the history of mankind completed each one of the seven swims that make up the ocean seven and completed each one of them on the first attempt. Nobody's ever done that except this one individual. And so when I talked to Darren and said, Darren, when you're 15 miles out in the middle of the ocean, when most people would have given up just diving in, <laughs> going on up here, he said, man, it's all about self-talk. It's all about just telling myself mentally, I can do this. I've got this. I can get it done. And then 20 miles later, man, he comes off on the other shore, physically exhausted with literally his eyes swollen shut because of the salt. And his lips are just, of course, all blistered because of the salt. And, uh, you know, he's able to say, man, I'm the only person in history that's ever done this. Now, there's others that have done the Ocean 7. I think there's 15 or 16 people. Some of the people, though, had to go back and swim some of these two or three times. I've also talked to the only guy that's ever climbed to the top of Mount Everest, man, with two artificial knees. 
I mean, what, what a great story that is. And so, like I said, man, I've studied human performance. And every day when I go to the fitness center and I get on that treadmill, I know I'm capable of so much more. You see, one of the things I believe is that when you coach people to peak performance and you get them to an optimal level where they're like, man, I'm operating at a level today that I've never operated at before. You only get to that level for a short period of time because once you get to optimal level and peak performance, guess what? With a little bit of hard work, you can get to another level and you can get to another level. And so peak performance is only something really that happens for a short period of time because you can always push yourself further to get to a greater level of success. That's why if you read about Tiger Woods and some of the training that he went through to become one of the greatest golfers of all time, man, that guy would literally take a bucket of balls and just sit there putt after putt after putt until he sunk 100 putts in a row. And if he missed one, he would go back and start all over again. Most people don't have the mindset to do that. But that, Terrell, is what separates people like Tiger Woods from everybody else. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. Uh, <laughs> I could just, we could just chop it up, man, all day, honestly. I, I, Brad, honestly, man, you you phenomenal individual. You, know, you, have, you have so many experiences, man, and you've, you've shared the, 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 the table in the room with so many individuals. Um, and even reading a book where you met the one individual in school and stuff like that, and even the gentleman that climbed up Mount Everest with two artificial legs. I think that's just it's, it's amazing, man. And these people need to implement and take it in their own life to know that never chase, never stop chasing your dreams. But I wanted to ask, man, um, out of your entire life, what was the greatest advice you've ever received? Boy, I'll tell you, I think the greatest advice I've ever received, if I go back throughout my life, it's really just uh, never give up on your dreams. Realize that you're capable of so much more than you're giving. And probably, of course, like I said earlier, it's remember that your good name and your reputation will be with you till the day you die. Don't ever treat people unfairly. Always stand up for what's right. Always try to right the wrong, even if it's painful, even if you get beat down. Because like I said, your reputation and the way people perceive you and look at you is your brand. That, that's what you're going to take with you literally in, until the day you die. And so that's probably one of the most important things that I've ever learned is just protect your integrity, be a person of ethics. And really always try to do the right thing and treat people fairly, man. That's it. Absolutely. And uh, for those who want to get connected with you, get some support, maybe mentorship, coaching, where exactly can they find you on a website or so or um, programs that you can really help them, guide them to be that peak leader? Yeah, we're on all major social media. So you can look me up on uh, LinkedIn. It's just, you know, Brad Blazer. We also got a Learn to Soar page on LinkedIn. Facebook, same thing, Brad Blazer. Go to Facebook, look at the Learn to Soar page. Instagram, Twitter. You can also go right to the website, man, www.bradblazer.com. It's B-L-A-Z, like zebra, A-R. You go to Amazon, search by my name get the book. It's a great read, like I said, and you said, man, it was currently rated as the number one book for young entrepreneurs. So if you're a business owner, if you've got a vision, if you're in sales, immerse yourself with these stories, change your beliefs, change your future. And Terrell, man, I, I'm just so blessed that you asked me to be on your podcast, the uh, Inspire Before We Expire. It's been a pleasure and I look to work with you and uh, build a great relationship, buddy. My God, thank you, Brad. One more question before we get out of here. When it's all said and done, what is mostly, what do mostly Mr. Brad Blazer want to be remembered for? You know, I think it gets back to uh, what Jeff said, man. Uh, you know, I want to be remembered as uh, being a great husband and uh, being a great father. Uh, you know, I think one of the greatest things that I've learned is that when you're a father to kids, your kids look up to you and they respect you. 
And, uh, you know, when I was involved in that fraud that I talked about earlier with that oil company, uh, as I sat there and I gave the two guys my resignation and said, you know, I'm resigning. And they said, well, why? Well, you know, I've come to realize that you're not the person you portray yourself to be. I've uncovered a fraud. And I know that you're racing dry holes. I know that you're alterating production maps. The saddest thing really that came out of that meeting is what are your children going to think about you when they find out daddy's breaking the law and he's a fraud? And for me as a husband and father to think about how my daughter would look up to me and the way she looks up to me, of course, today, I don't ever want to put her in that set of circumstances. And so I think the one thing really that I, I share with people, man, is if you've got kids or if you're a husband, is try to be a person that others look up to so that when you're no longer here, you're remembered as a person of greatness, as a person that people can look at your legacy and say, man, he was a great man. He was honest. He was of integrity. He was loyal to his wife, never cheated. He was a great dad and a loving father and he always spent quality time with his kids when they came to him those are the qualities and things Terrell that I hope to be remembered for fame and fortune and money in the bank are great but at the end of the day I just want to be remembered as a great person that like you said always treated people well because like you said man people might forget your name but if you make them feel special they'll never forget you that's so true um any upcoming events or anything you're looking forward to in the next uh next few months or so yeah, absolutely. Next week on the 27th, I will be in Dallas at Real News. The studio's there. I'm going to be uh, interviewing and hosting our good friend Evan Stewart uh, from the Obsessed Academy. And then later in the day, uh, Evan is going to be hosting me on his podcast. So we get two great podcasts next week back to back there in Dallas. Uh, also working with Jason Burke up in Boston. We're going to be uh, attending one of his big events on stage with about five other coaches up in Boston, Massachusetts. And then we're working with his organization, the High Success Summit. We're going to be doing another event in Austin, Texas. Uh, and you can go right to our website where we have our events page. And you can look at the different events and things that we're actually doing there. We need to update that. But we're also looking to work with a couple of other coaches in November and put together an event here in Houston as well. Uh, basically uh, looking to bring in about four or five other people and then uh, do some events here. So, uh, you know, it's all about events. It's all about podcasts. It's all about sharing the message. And uh, like I said, I man, I really, really am blessed that you and I met at the Obsessed Academy through uh, Evan Stewart and that you and I have had the pleasure to do this today and that uh, we're going to build a great relationship doing these going forward. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brad. And I wanted to say, man, thank you as well for even being present and moving with so much force, man. Um, honestly, I'm sure your family proud of you, you know, um, and, and, you know, even your community, man, um, who looks upon you and seeks for support, knowing that you're there to encourage them every step of the way. You know. Um, I just think that it's important that, you know, when we, when we going through the process and we going through life that, you know, um, that we can get through what we go through and we can go through it as well while building, um, you know, ourselves, building our health, most importantly, our business and the people around us and giving back simultaneously because we've learned to put back more into the world rather than take out what's already been taken out of. So we've learned to leave the world better than we found it. So I just wanted to say, Brad, um, I really enjoyed our interview. I'm looking forward to building a lifelong friendship and relationship with you, man. Um, hats off to you, to all your success. Congratulations on being number one for your book as well. I think that's phenomenal. We know that's not overnight. And I also wanted to say, man, just um, continue to, to continue to rise and continue to keep climbing, continue to be that eagle that you are and connecting with other eagles and, you know, helping other people become eagles and, you know, perform at a high, high level. Um, I'm more than grateful, man. I'm more than thankful to be here with you today. Thank you for your time. Guys, go ahead and follow Brad um, Blazer on all social media, his website as well, www. 
bradblazer.com. Get his book as well on Amazon, On the Wings of Eagles, Learning to Soar. Go check it out. Give him a review. Um, follow his uh, his uh, social podcast network as well, Learning to Soar. And stay updated and stay, and stay, and stay of course, guys, and, and, and connect with this gentleman. You know, honestly, because you can learn, you you can listen, implement everything he's been through and what he's gotten through. Because so many people would have sat there and say, man, I no longer can do it no more. But this gentleman said, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to soar. So, Brad, thank you so much for your time, good brother. I'm Terrell Sumter. That's my guy, Mr. Brad and Blazer, coming out of Dallas, Texas. This is the Inspire Before We Expire, and we're out. Woo! Right. Right.